All right, welcome back to the AI Podcast. This is week three of our World Cup special. Austin Coates here, joined by me, myself, and I again. Um, just here to, you know, kind of go over some of the stuff that's happened since I was last on the, the uh, airwaves, so to speak. Uh, last time I spoke, I believe the United States was sitting on only one point and was preparing to face England on Black Friday. They've had two games since then, and they are now exiting Group B and are on their way to the knockout round for the first time since 2014. Obviously, that's the last time they made the World Cup. Um, but let's get to it. Let's go ahead and touch on this game against England real quick. Um, and I really believe that what happened in that game against the British, or excuse me, the English, rather, was the best possible outcome that the U.S. could have hoped for. I did not foresee the English beating, or rather the U.S. beating the English. Um, In fact, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was the other way around. Um, England is a very strong team, and they are to be considered uh, one of the top four teams that can possibly win this tournament. Um, But I am not sure if they will. Uh, They do not have a good track record down the stretch. And knockout stages, uh, specifically penalty shootouts. So they better hope that doesn't go that direction for them. Um, but in all seriousness, the United States, uh, really, when you look at the stats, you wonder, well, this looks like a pretty dull game. The U.S. had put up 10 shots to only one on target, eight shots, three on target for the English. But uh, Harry Kane had some shots or rather some uh, some headers that he normally puts in the back of the net. And uh, the fact that he did not do so in this game obviously cost the English points uh, because I think that normally he scores in some of the situations that he missed in. And uh, really, he was the only person who was a threat on the attacking half uh, for the English. And the United States attacking half was brilliant in the first half. Um, and the beginning of the second, seven corners in what felt like a period of about five minutes there in the second half. Um, but again, we saw the United States unable to create a, a chance that is worthy enough of an attempt by someone in that front three that is having trouble finding the back of the net. The greatest chance probably came in that Christian Pulisic uh rifle shot that hit the post and I'm convinced if that thing is a half inch lower it's hitting the post and it's hitting the bottom half of the post and going down across the line and that would be quite a banger um, in the World Cup against a team of England's caliber now just some just a note here I think that Gareth Southgate the manager for the English really did the U S a favor by not bringing on a player like Phil Foden, um, maybe not bringing on Marcus Rashford early enough. Um, because these are players that can really create things with their speed. And I felt that Rashford just came in too late. And as we saw Marcus Rashford with two goals against Wales, um, he's a, he's a game maker. And, uh, I think that, the coaching decisions by England, and I think English fans will tell you the same thing. Jordan Henderson coming on 
uh, as well as Rashford. They did not use Foden. Kind of confusing to me, considering the caliber of players that are on that team's bench, why you wouldn't want to sub out and get some fresh legs in there. But nonetheless, the U.S. steal points from the British in that game. So let's get to the game that everyone really wants to talk about here, and that is the United States' epic win against the Islamic Republic of Iran. And what a game it was, you know. Uh, first off, first and foremost, the kind of pressure that the Iranian players are playing under is something that I have never seen demonstrated in a game uh, in quite some time. Uh, their government pretty much told them, you guys better act right, otherwise we can hurt your friends and family. And that is a crazy situation for a footballer to be in, but I'll hats off to them. They really gave a, a great effort and they had some chances down the stretch. I was concerned that they were going to knock the United States out of the tournament. Um, one of which being a goal opportunity. That was a ball coming in left to right uh, in the box and an Iranian Attacker gets his head on it, and it is just a whisker wide of the post. And uh, not sure that Matt Turner would have gotten to it. Um, they have some. They have some guys that are capable of it on that team. Uh, Medi Taremi, one of them, for sure. Um, just not. Just weren't able to get it done against the U.S. on this particular day. Um, but. Good fight down the stretch by them. Obviously, the story of this game is Christian Pulisic. Um, I don't want to say that I've been down on Pulisic, but I just haven't seen it recently now in this World Cup. is a different story. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'd like to see him get off of uh, set pieces because either that or get some air under the ball because he's done nothing but kick line drives on these corners. And... Uh, I believe Anthony Robinson started taking corners when Pulisic left the game, and they looked much better. Um, so I would consider making that change down the stretch, moving into the knockout round against the Netherlands. But real quick, let's hear the moment that won this game, courtesy of Fox. Austin McKinney, Des making a big run. It's meant for him. Des is snuck in behind. Des in the middle. Pulisic! Well, let's see if this ball, if Serginho Dest is onside, top of the screen, absolutely is. And as the ball comes across, it's Captain America to the rescue for the United States. And he runs right into the goalkeeper at the end of this, but lays it all on the line for his team and for his country and gets his moment. Assist in the first game. And then a goal here with the United States tournament at stake. And uh, that was the goal call there by Fox, Christian Pulisic. Um, running into the goalkeeper as he was striking the ball, ball goes in the net. What a goal. I mean, 
putting it, talk about putting it all on the line for your, for your country and for your teammates uh, with no regard for his own health or safety on that. Um, and I thought for a second that he may have been knocked out by the way he was walking around gingerly, but then I saw the replay and uh, let me tell you, uh, the medical diagnosis that Pulisic was given is a pelvic contusion. Now, for all you men out there listening to this, that was no pelvic contusion. That is a penile contusion, okay? <laughs> like, we know what that pain is like, and uh, I think that's what knocked Pulisic out of the game, and I can completely understand that. Um, but he should be good to go to face the Netherlands this Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time. Um, you know, if the United States had dropped this game, uh, there was going to be some massive disappointment amongst the fan base. This is a team that is capable of advancing, I believe, at least one more level. I believe they can make it to the quarters and, uh, should they make it there, they will have the pleasure of probably playing Lionel Messi in Argentina if they can get there. Um, but let's focus on the task at hand. But if if the U.S. did not advance out of the group, I don't know that it would be another burn-it-all-down type of deal. Um, I do not know if, if uh, Greg Berhalter would have a job for much longer. Um, but I'm glad they were able to see it through and uh, get to the next stage. So let's see if we can make some noise. Uh, the Netherlands are no joke. They won their group quite handily. Uh, they drew Ecuador, they beat Senegal, and they smashed Qatar on their way out. Um, yeah, I know a couple of guys there that play for the Dutch, and uh, Virgil van Dijk, he's going to be anchoring that that Dutch defense that is... Uh, revered, of course, uh, Gatpo, he's got three goals in the tournament and, uh, all pretty good. And I'll say that the United States better find out where that guy is, uh, because I feel like he can be a game breaker as well as, uh, Van de Beek scored a goal earlier in the tournament for the Netherlands. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens here in this game. Uh, United States and Netherlands, I don't know if they have much history playing against each other. Uh, but certainly this is going to be a team that is close to the caliber of England. Um, but I don't think they're quite there and I misspoke. It is not Donnie van de Beek. I believe he's the one that was trying to get on the squad. It is Frankie de Jong who scored the goal. Uh, they also have Memphis Depay, who has not really played in this tournament. He is a force to be reckoned with. And then uh, also notable here, uh, Nathan Ake of Manchester City, Luke de Jong, Matthias de Ligt. I mean, some pretty notable names on this Dutch team. Um, Dumfries as well. So it's going to be a challenge for the United States. But I believe it's a challenge that this team can rise to the occasion against. If you look at the other teams in the group, Senegal, yes, they advanced, but they're playing without Sadio Mane. 
who is obviously their leader and their goal scorer. Um, and then they play Qatar, who, why are, I mean, if it wasn't for the rule that the host nation must qualify, would not even be in this tournament. I mean, obviously, but they have no business being in this tournament. They are pitiful, and they're somehow not the lowest-ranked team in the tournament. Ghana is. Um, then the Netherlands drew Ecuador, a very tough-playing South American team. So this is a game that the United States can win, um, but they need to score. Uh, I don't think 1-0 is going to do it. I just don't think it's going to do it. Um, they got to find a way. Their front attacking third has got to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. I don't care how. I mean, we've seen Tim Weah has been probably creating the best chances of anybody. Josh Sargent played well, but didn't really. He had like one shot on goal. We gotta, we gotta find some space to get some strikes off. Make that keeper work, you know. So nonetheless, we will, we'll see uh, how the U.S. fares in this game. Um, you know what? I'll take them two to one against the Netherlands to move on to the next round. Uh, I think that final goal is going to have to come in added extra time, though. Uh, I just don't think they're going to be able to get two in 90 minutes, but we will see. Now on to a couple of the other games here. Uh, teams that have already punched their ticket to the knockout round include England, the United States, Argentina made it in today by defeating Poland, who narrowly survived. Um, had Saudi Arabia not scored, I believe that Mexico would have made it in instead of Poland. Um, and that would have been something Mexico has failed to qualify for the group stage for the first time in something like 44 years. And uh, quite disappointing for El Tree given some of the players they got on their squad. Um, but, you know, that's they got a pretty tough group, all told. Poland's no joke. Saudi Arabia proved that they were they were uh, meant to be in that group. France, and I'll tell you what, Australia qualifying is an absolute shock. Uh, Denmark would have been my pick for second place in that group, and they came in last. I mean... They got beat by Tunisia. They drew France, and then they lost to Australia. I mean, a shocker there. the 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 Danes have a good team. We saw that this past uh, summer ago at Euro twenty twenty, played in twenty twenty one. Um, but they've really flopped in this tournament, I believe. So France and Australia will be out of Group D. Group A, of course, Netherlands and Senegal advancing. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Belgium and Belgium's golden generation has got the game of a lifetime against Croatia. Um, and I believe by looking at the standings here, Belgium have got to win this game and they need Morocco to lose to Canada or draw. Uh, any other result, I guess they could they could hypothetically draw with a Morocco loss of at least three goals 
and make it, but it's not looking good. It is not looking good for the Belgians in this in this group. Croatia is certainly probably going to make it out. Uh, the the Belgium could still win the group. I mean, at this point, so we'll see what happens in Group F. Group E. Um, I know Spain only has four points, but I feel like it is their group to lose at this point. And they play Germany, or excuse me, they play Japan tomorrow, and Germany will face Costa Rica. Um, Germany needs a win, or they're done as well. And I believe they can get that against Costa Rica, but they have been very underwhelming in this tournament. Um, And I don't know that they deserve to move on, given the performances that they have given us. And then Friday, we've got the final round of groups playing G and H. Brazil will face uh, Cameroon. Switzerland will play Serbia. Brazil has already punched their ticket. And I believe that Switzerland basically has to not lose and they'll be in um, at this point. Then Group H, Portugal will be facing off against South Korea. Ghana will be playing Uruguay. Portugal has punched their ticket at this point. Um, South Korea must win if they want to advance. Same thing for Uruguay. Then it will come down to goal differential. So with that being said, we got a we got a packed weekend ahead of us. We got two games every day starting on Saturday for the conclusion of or for the start, rather, of uh, the knockout rounds. And just looking at the bracket and the way it's set up, I kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, The United States, should they beat the Dutch? And I want to emphasize that, obviously, that is the game we should be focused on as fans. But I do believe that Argentina will take care of business against Australia. And it could be Messi versus the United States on Friday, December 9th. And that would be something. Uh, Right now, we also have France and Poland setting to square off on Sunday. And England and Senegal. I'll tell you what, man. I don't know about France. I just don't know. Uh Poland's played well. I feel like they could give them a run for their money, but I'll still take the French. And, I mean, God only knows what's going to happen to the English in these knockout games. I mean, we've seen it in World Cups and Euros. A couple years ago in Euro 16, they got beat by Iceland. Um, I don't even remember who knocked them out last go-around in the World Cup, but it was certainly a shock, I'm, I'm sure. And then... Uh, yeah, England got all the way to the final of the Euros and lost on the PK shootout, which is as close as they've gotten to a, tr- a significant trophy in some time. Uh, so we'll see down the stretch uh, how things go. I will be back with you next week, and by that time, we will already be set with the quarterfinal matchups and we'll be able to go through those I do believe yes we will Uh, the last round of 16 game is Tuesday December 6th at 
at 1 p.m. So with all that said, thanks for listening. And uh, now it is time to get to the final play brought by brought to you by nobody still actively seeking sponsors before i get to the final play please please check out the ai podcast on spotify anchor apple podcast um we got chiefs content nfl content for you twice a week we got world cup special episodes uh through the duration of the world cup um if you like it, tell your friends about it. I mean, we're trying to grow this thing. We've been going for a year, and we appreciate any listenership and support that we get. Now for the final play, uh, and that's going to be about Christian Pulisic, man. That guy laid it all on the line. He may not have kids, but by golly, he scored the game-winning goal to send the United States on to the knockout round. And uh, I'll tell you what, man. He wants to get out of Chelsea. He's not getting playing time there, and I don't know why. I mean, Thomas Tuchel apparently did not like him, and now neither does Graham Potter. He can't see the field at Chelsea, and there are three teams that are said to have interest. Arsenal, Newcastle United, and Manchester United. And I see everybody out here saying, oh, he should go to Manchester United, blah, 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 blah. No. Stay far away from that place. Not because I'm not saying this because I'm a Manchester City fan. I am saying this because look at what has happened in the last better part of a decade at that club. Nothing. No trophies that are significant for the better part of a decade. Uh, it's been dominated by Manchester City as the Premier League. Arsenal is getting better. I would not mind seeing him going to Arsenal. Um, but where I really want to see Pulisic land is Newcastle. Uh, that is a squad that I think can get into the Champions League spot out of the EPL, whether it's four or three. Uh, I think the bid for the top spot of first division is between Arsenal and Manchester City at this point. But Pulisic, whatever you do, stay far away from Old Trafford. You don't need to go there for as anything but a visitor uh, by a visiting player. So stay away from there. Take a lesson out of Ronaldo's book and uh, other guys like Jesse Lingard and uh, Martial. All these guys that are no longer there that were highly sought after. Paul Pogba. Just don't go. Literally go anywhere else. I mean, heck, come to the MLS for all I care. I don't care. Just don't go to Manchester United. And, uh, yeah, uh, 